This is because I want to. Hello, and uh, welcome back to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to. I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And uh, we're here to you today to start spooky month off with a bang. Talking about vamps, vampires, vampires. I'm so excited for spooky season, even though I think we talk about a lot of spooky stuff anyway. Spooky stuff is the fun stuff to talk about, but yeah, um, I'm ex- and I'm not a spooky season person, and I'm excited for spooky season this year. You're not a spooky person. I've been getting into it more and more. I think as I get older, I agree. I like that it's not really because I'm like very whatever about Halloween. I like that it's more just October. Let's just be spooky in general. Mm-hmm. I get down with that. So yeah, I'm how s- goes it? It goes, it goes good. It goes pretty good. I That was very not reassuring, <laughs> but it's going good. Well, because like grammatically, I was like, is what I'm saying making sense? But whatever. Um, I went camping for the past couple days and that was fun. And I had some interesting experiences with wildlife. Oh, yeah. I saw your snap where you saw the armadillo. I hope yeah. you had saw my return message <laughs> that was very comforting. Of don't get leprosy. Oh my god. We went on a hike and there's just armadillos in the woods just snuffling around in the leaves. I thought armadillos lived in like the desert. I thought so too and I think they do but I think they have a really wide habitat because we were in the woods and I saw like four or maybe five of them just on like an hour and a half long hike. Hmm. That is weird when you like move that you have the new wildlife to adjust to. I was really excited because I see them all the time as roadkill. I've never seen a live one. (laughs) Literally, they're everywhere. (laughs) Poor armadillos. I like watching armadillos run with their little tippy toes. Yeah, they scurry. They scamper away. Scurry. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So that makes me think of your use of the word scurry and scamper. (laughs) is I learned about a new thing in linguistics called, oh gosh, I'm going to fuck it up, phonothemes, where like you'll have the same sound in categories of words. So like words that describe light tend to have a GL at the beginning. So like glimmer, gleam, glow, Mm. glint. I don't know, your, your discussion of scurry and scamper. Made me think of that. Maybe it's like um, an onomatopoeia thing where a sound represents a sound, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I do. It, the guy said on the guy on TikTok I watched, I talked about it. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, it's almost as if like the human race just universally decided, yeah, these sounds are going to represent this thing. Hmm. That's just what it's going to be." But anyway, well, I'm glad you got to see some armadillos. Oh my god. Okay. Also. Our first night there, I underestimated how cold it was going to be. It was like fucking freezing. Yeah. Oh my God. It was 40 degrees and we were not prepared for that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Oklahoma is probably one of those places where it does that, where it's like really hot and then it's like, boom, cold. To the point where the next day we had to go back to the house and like grab a comforter and warmer clothes because it was just like awful. But I heard coyotes like legit coyotes did they do that like gross like thing that they do a couple times throughout the night they were howling and then once they did like a yip yip thing and to me it sounded like it was 10 coyotes like it sounded like a ton of them but i was looking it up and i guess it's like an auditory um, not hallucination, but like trick to make them sound like there's more. Yeah. They'll like change the pitch really fast and then it echoes off of everything. So it'll be like two coyotes, but it'll sound like 10. I mean, that's, I guess a good evolutionary trick to obtain. It was crazy though. Like all these coyotes all night. I felt like I was out in the wild west. (laughs) (laughs) Are there wolves in Oklahoma? I don't or is that know. too far east? I need to look it up. Um, 
But like in the morning, I didn't realize, I guess there were cows somewhere. I heard all the cows freaking out. So I was like, oh my God, did the coyotes like attack the cows? <laughs> Do you think a coyote would attack a cow? I think if it was like a baby cow, maybe, or like a sick cow or an old yeah. cow. That makes sense. That makes sense. Because I feel like in Oklahoma, they have a lot of like really big cows, like steers. I have one more thing to tell you about the wildlife. Ooh, do share. I guess you probably saw this on my Snapchat, but throughout the course of like 12 hours, I was observing the love story between these two praying mantises. I did not see this on your Snap story. I missed this somehow. <laughs> there was a bathroom and there was two praying mantises that were mating. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Because you know how that like the one will like kill the other one. Yeah. They're really, I really admire the praying mantis. <laughs> you, you admire them. <laughs> I do. I do. They're like spiders, you know. They just know what's right in the world. Oh, my God. It was crazy. So I was, like, kind of keeping an eye on them. And, like, every, I don't know, six hours, I would go in, see what's going on. They made it for, like, a really long time. But then (laughs) in the morning, I went in, and she had done it. She had, like, ripped him in half. Ah, bless her. Wow. (laughs) Man. Bugs. They know how to go about... Is a spider a bug? I guess it's a bug. They know how to go about it. Oh, my God. It was so wild. I saw... It was so weird. She just ripped him in half and was holding, like, the top half of his body and then was, like, eating (laughs) the other half. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I want to know what, like, the evolutionary need is for a praying mantis to just murder its mate and eat it. I looked it up and apparently when she eats the male, it provides so much nutrition that she makes like three times the amount of eggs. All right. <laughs> Compared to a praying mantis that doesn't eat the male, they make like 30 eggs. And if you do, you make like 80. <laughs> I mean, they are endangered. So I guess go so, at it. I don't think they are, though. I think that's like an urban myth. Oh, are they not? I don't or think so. Maybe they so. were, and they're not anymore. You know how you hear like it's illegal to kill a praying mantis? Like that's not true. Oh, fucking urban legends! I remember being very upset when I was little by accidentally killing a praying mantis, and I thought I was gonna get fucking arrested. I know. Well, did you ever hear? I also heard that to turn on the inside light in your car while you're driving is illegal. That's from parents because they just thought it was annoying. So they would say that. That's like a widespread belief. That's just not true. Yep. We're going to get pulled over. (laughs) No. But um, the next time I went in the bathroom after that, she she was by herself and she was like tilting her head looking at me. And I was like, ah. (laughs) She's like, don't judge me. (laughs) Doing what I need to do as a praying mantis lady. So I've been one with the wild good i'm jealous i like camping in like the fall i like it when it's crisp yeah well and the first night was good because it was thursday and there was no one there last night a ton of people came in so i was ready to be going i feel that i went to a winery near my house last night and i haven't been around people Mm. outside of like literally going to the grocery store in fucking months and so i had to (laughs) I had to like sing myself a like social anxiety song. What's your song? Driving there. Do you want to share? My song is like, I have social anxiety, <laughs> but I'm going anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of just more of a recognition of how much it makes. And then it's fine when I get there, when I got there, like literally because of social distancing, no one's going to fucking come talk to you. So yeah, that's the nice thing. Yeah, so you just have your little table. Everyone leaves you alone. There's dogs to look at. It's great. Yeah, I think that with COVID, my I think I have like a touch of social anxiety too. It's gotten worse. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave the house. <laughs> I just have no time for any sort of crowds of people in any way, shape, or form. I went to the pet store to buy food for Bean, and I hadn't talked to anyone in a while, and I was wearing my mask. And they asked me my phone number 
And when I responded, I was talking inappropriately loudly. <laughs> I was like, I forgot how to talk to people. I was like, oh, yeah, it's this. <laughs> I tell you, it really has, like, messed me up in some ways regarding that. Because it wasn't good to begin with. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, yeah. But it was fun. I had fun. Good. Yeah, I had my first can of wine. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a can of wine. Yeah. At the winery? That's a thing. Yeah, that's like one of their things they do. Hmm. And it's like carbonated. So it's like carbonated red wine. And it wasn't bad. It was just different. Hmm. It was very different. Yeah. So I have a can here, but I didn't want to open it because then I'd have to drink the entire thing. And a can of wine is like a half a bottle of wine. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> I definitely drank like a full bottle of wine yesterday. So I didn't need that. Yeah. I can definitely pound a bottle of wine. Yeah, a wine. Anything else yeah, that's... to report from this week? No, God, I've done nothing this week. Literally, I made a budget. That's so terribly exciting because my car has started to make this horrible high screeching noise when I turn it on. Oh, no. So the the I need a new car has gone from like, I, I kind of want a new car to like, no, I need a new car. So. Well, your car yep. is pretty, it's getting up there. How long have you had it? My car's a 2008, so yeah. it's like 12 years. Yeah, good old reliable bullet. Ah, the poor bullet. Somebody the other day was like, you don't need a new car. It's not like your car is held together with duct tape. And I was like, have you seen my car? Because it is absolutely held together with duct tape. <laughs> yeah, literally it is. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. Otherwise, just work. Mm-hmm. Chilling. Researching the vampires. As one does. So excited for October. Yes. It's a good month. It's a good month. More more for me, it's the weather that makes it good than necessarily the spooky, but I like it all. I'm excited because it feels like fall here, which I've not experienced in like three years. Yeah, man. You're getting seasons back. Leaves are falling off the trees and getting crispy. You're going to have snow this year. Probably Uh, a lot of it. I hope so. We'll see. That's it like, snows a lot, right? In Oklahoma? it's. I think they have like ice storms that come through. I'm not really sure what to expect. Yeah, I have no idea. I know nothing about middle America. That's the thing about moving like cross country or like in the middle of the country. You don't know. <laughs> You're just like, all right, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, if anybody hears my dogs jangling in the background, I was too lazy to take their collars off. And I'm downstairs, so they will probably make noise. It is what it is. Whatevs. All right. So we're not going to talk about chaos magic this week because (laughs) I forgot to read. Forgot that was a thing. Forgot it existed. That we have homework. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll do it next week when I, you know, remember to read that. But otherwise, vampires. Yay. All right, so I guess I'll go first because I did Vlad the Impaler, which is like Mm -hmm. the origin of vampires, which upon research, I'm not 100% sure why. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I got to the end of my research and I was like, what the fuck does this have to do with vampires at all? (laughs) But I'll tell you about him anyway. (laughs) Let's hear it because my person's kind of like that too, so... Okay, so Vlad the Impaler, his name was Vlad the Third Dracula, like his last name. It's mm-hmm. like his nickname is Dracula, because his dad's name was Dracul, and then Dracula <laughs> is like the diminutive of that, mm-hmm. so it's like little son of Drac- Dracul or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so people did call him Dracula, and he did like sign his name Dracula, so that is like where it comes from, even though it was like a nickname. Anyway, he's from Romania. Uh, at the time, not called Romania. It was called Wallachia, Wallachia. I don't know how to say that, but I do know it's not Romania. <laughs> that's, that's what I know. Uh, oh, by the way, all of this is from Wikipedia. All of it. Okay. So we don't really know when he was born. Apparently that wasn't important to write down. So roughly 1428 to 1431. We also don't know who the fuck his mom was, because that was also apparently not a thing that was important to write down. Though you see that in history a lot. It's how you know people didn't like women, because it was never important to write down who their mom was. 
I think that's why we take like the man's last name. Yeah, because of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was illegitimate, as far as I can tell. Illegitimate? Um, Illegitimate. Okay. Um, So he was the second son of Vlad Dracul, who was one of the leaders of Wakalia. As far as I can tell, Wakalia kind of had a few leaders, because as far as I can tell, they kind of had provinces. And so you would get, like, leaders of the provinces, like, Mm -hmm. trying to take power from each other. It got very confusing. The theme of all of this is we don't like the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. We would like to keep the Ottoman Empire from invading Romania or Wakalia. So basically he's like doing his thing. Uh, Dracul means dragon, in case you were wondering. Ooh. Yeah, because he was so, in the order of the dragon. <laughs> Dracul, that wasn't his name. It was a nickname. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's like his the dragon. Yeah, so his dad was, like, known as Vlad the Dragon. So he's, like, Little Dragon, and that's how he signed everything. (laughs) Like, Son of the Dragon, yeah. Okay. So (laughs) um, his dad kind of seemed like a dick. So his dad took power and then was, like, trying to deal with the Ottoman Empire. And obviously the Ottoman Empire was gigantic and fucking powerful as all get out. And so I didn't write down what situation led to this. Um, but basically, Vlad Drac- Dracula, Vlad the Impaler, um, he and his brother end up like hostages of the Ottoman Empire for like 14 fucking years <laughs> <laughs> and as like a way to keep control of his dad and make his dad like pay money and tribute to the sultan. Oh. Um, and then his dad like fucking didn't do it. And... <laughs> Like, went and supported Poland and Hungary for a while, who they also go back and forth with Ish with. Um, And I guess at one point his dad just kind of assumed that the Ottomans had killed his sons and was like, well, yeah, probably dead. Um, (laughs) They weren't dead, by the way. I didn't know Um, that this was, like, so political. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The whole Wikipedia article, I was like, I can't keep track of these yeah. people. <laughs> it's, like, really hard in these, like, old dark ages to keep track of, like, countries and who's in power and well, stuff. Well, especially because, like, our education is so Eurocentric that when they start mm-hmm. using terms I'm unfamiliar with, I just have to keep looking them up and then I keep mm-hmm. getting confused as to what I'm reading about. This was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. His dad doesn't seem too concerned. Um, and eventually he does get released from the Ottomans. I don't know why they let him go, uh, but they do. Because it they didn't matter that they had him anyway. It wasn't doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like he got on okay with the Ottomans at this point in time. Um, so basically, remember, Vlad is illegitimate. So his dad dies. And his cousin, Vladislav II, becomes ruler. And Vlad essentially is like, no. And so he invades with the Ottomans. Like, they help him. Oh, interesting. In, yeah, in 1448. And he rules for a very, very short period of time. He has three major periods of rule, if Vlad? you will. They're, ne- mm-hmm. okay. They're never straight through. Um, so he rules for, like, a really fucking short period of time. And then he gets driven into exile. And then he comes back and invades again. This time with Hungarian support. And this is when he starts, like, fucking impaling people. Seemed like he loved to do that shit a lot. Um, So he just, like, was, like, purging. He was like, oh, you supported my enemies? Let me impale you or fucking murder you. Um, There was a lot of that. So it was, like, people who were against him? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I literally wrote down, impaled so many um so he would like burn people basically he had ish with the saxons so like germans he had some real fucking ish with them and so he killed a fuck ton of them to the point where i was reading about how seriously can you take the amount like the numbers reported of people he killed because a lot of them are from the saxons Mm -hmm. and the saxons made up a lot of shit about him because saxons fucking hated him which i get um but yeah basically (laughs) i wrote down Basically, he just loved to impale people. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, he did that a lot. So, um, wait, like, impaling is, like, you drive a stake, like, up through their whole body? So, I, from what I understood, a lot of it was, like, taking people's heads off and then putting them on okay. pikes. But also, I think, like, 
straight up just like impaling them. Like he just liked to do lots of things to people. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he's chilling in his second period of rule. Um, and he invades the Ottoman Empire, which just seems foolish. I thought they helped foolish. him the first time. They did, but then not anymore. This <laughs> this sultan, who, if I'm remembering the name Memen, Mehmet, I didn't write it down, but the sultan did not like him because basically the situation was kind of like the Roman Empire, like you just paid tribute and they would fucking leave you alone. And I guess he stopped paying tribute. Oh, so the sultan okay. was like, coming for you. And Vlad was like, no, I'll come for you first. So he invaded the Ottoman Empire, um, and some some reports have him killing upwards of, like, 20,000 people <gasps> in the process. Yeah, like, just... Oh, my... Wait, like, impaling them or, like, in, like in battles? Both. Okay. Just, like, ripping his way through. Um, he tries to kill the sultan at one point, like, just straight up, like, invade and kill him, but he fails. Um, and then he ends up in prison for 14 years. Because the sultan's like, no. And this is where it got super confusing. Wait, the I Turks couldn't keep track. imprisoned him? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I couldn't, I don't know why they didn't kill him. And I couldn't keep track of, like, the people who joined the party at this point. Because we started to have a lot of things with, like, the leaders of Transylvania, which is, like, a province in Romania. Um, what I thought was interesting is there was some dude with the last name Corvinus that did a lot of stuff. Which is interesting because in the movies Underworld, all those Underworld movies, uh-huh. the progenitor of the vampires is the Corvinus. Oh, so I thought that was interesting. Okay. But anyway, he does a bunch of stuff. And basically they put somebody else in charge. And then he gets out of prison. Basically they're not really sure. There's like records that disappear about him for a while when he's in prison. Um, so Wikipedia said he may have been released after he converted from orthodoxy to Catholicism, Hmm. but it did not seem confident on that fact. Um, But he does get released, and he goes home and tries to take his land back. He's fighting this dude named Basarab Latoya, Latoya, something in that wheelhouse, who was ruling. Is he Um, the person who was ruling where he was? Mm -hmm. This is kind of like the Um, movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. (laughs) It is a little bit, except he fails and dies. (laughs) I just watched that. So I'm like, oh, it's kind of like when Robin Hood went back home and someone else had like usurped his throne. (laughs) Yeah. So basically he dies and we're not even like sure where his grave is or anything like that. Um, But there's nothing in his life that gets him associated with vampirism outside of the fact that he was brutal as hell mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of stories regarding that. Like, he, there are historical accounts of him being, like, a sociopath and being, like, psychotic and blood-hungry and all of these things. But the only reason we associate him with vampirism is because of the, mo- the book Dracula mm-hmm. and Bram Stoker, who just, like, from what it seems like, picked things from history and just blended them together. And made it into the story that has a vague association with the name, but really nothing to do with him. And yeah. So I guess my question is, was he more brutal than other people at that time? Like, were other people impaling people and shit? I think he probably was more yeah than other people. I mean, obviously, in history, you have your people who just don't take shit and kill people to make a point. Um, but he killed a lot of people from the sounds of it. But like I said, there are some differences in record keeping depending on where you're looking. And obviously the populations that he was particularly brutal to have very different accounts of him Uh than Romanian scholars. Like Romania celebrates him as somebody who fought for Romania. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So, okay, wait, he ended up not in power or in power correct not not in power okay he died huh that was interesting i didn't know all that like i knew that he impaled a ton of people and was in power but i didn't know about like the turks and yeah being prisoner and basically that whole part of europe during this time period was just trying to keep the turks off their back essentially Uh uh-huh because that empire kept pushing in. 
Well, I wonder if he also is kind of tied to vampires, like you said, because of um, Bram Stoker, but also the like just region and the time period. And yeah, my person is like similar. So yeah, well, your person is also from that area, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there was as I was reading, um, (laughs) there was because Lindsay's going to talk about Bathory and there was somebody, Matthew Bathory, who came up when I was reading about Vlad. I just took a skim. I didn't really go to see how connected they were, but yeah. yeah, I'm trying to, because when I was reading, I got my information from Wikipedia and biography.com. Um, Elizabeth Bathory is who I'm talking about. And it said that um, Bram Stoker used a book when he was writing Dracula, like mm-hmm. heavily referenced it. It's called The Book of Werewolves. And it has a little bit about her in there. And so that's why people kind of connect her to Dracula and like vampires. Um, But her kinsman, I guess someone she's related to. Mm -hmm. Prince Stephen Bathory helped Vlad the Impaler claim the Wallachian throne. Oh, maybe it was on Bathory then. Yeah. There was definitely one mentioned. She was, when was Vlad the Impaler? Early 1400s? Mm-hmm. Like mid, mid, mid early. She, okay, early, mid to fourteen hundred. So she was like born fifteen sixty. Okay, so she was like a hundred years. A hundred years later. Okay. Do you know about Elizabeth Bathory? I do. Well, vaguely. Uh huh. Vaguely, I know about. I think they did an episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class about her. I feel like that's where I heard about her. I had heard a lot about her, but when I was reading, it's a lot of hearsay, I think, and a lot mm-hmm. of what's really true and what's not. Like with I think Vlad that's a the Impaler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Elizabeth Bathory was a Hungarian noblewoman. Um, her uncle was the king of Poland, and her nephew was a prince of Transylvania. Okay. So she was very well connected. Um, and like we said, like mid late 1500s was when she was like born and started living. And the Guinness World Records has her as the most prolific female murderer. I mean, technically, I guess she'd be a serial killer, wouldn't she? Yeah. Serial killer, which... The number that I kind of was seeing thrown around a lot was 650, that she killed 650 people. I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, at what point do you hit a number that other people are like, we got to kill this bitch? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that number is kind of questionable from what I saw. So, okay, she's known as the Blood Countess and countess dracula and okay. uh, like i said she was in that book that bram stoker read um and she when she was little had a lot of seizures and because hmm. i guess people think maybe it's because she was so inbred because she was like a noble woman i mean that definitely happened look at the habsburgs <laughs> i know oh my god that's some interesting reading if you're into shit like that the habsburgs oh i know they were, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, indeed <laughs> shutter central <laughs> um but apparently back in the day an old cure for epilepsy would be rubbing the healthy blood of someone on your lips and also okay. doing something with a piece of skull so, i love the, i love this folk stuff i know like folk remedies are so weird drink some blood you'll be fine So I guess that happened to her when she was younger. Um, She got married when she was 15. Her husband was 19. And their wedding had 4,500 people at it. That's like a refreshing age, like similarity for the time. Wow. Well, I think she was engaged when she was 11, but that's like what they did. Yeah. But. Wow. Not like a 30 year mm. age difference. All right. 
But just to show like how important she was, 4,500 people went to her wedding. Damn. And I thought it was kind of interesting that she kept her last name because she was like, my status is higher than my husband. So I'm keeping Bathory. Interesting. I wonder if that was like something that happened fairly often or if that was super, super unique to the time. I don't know. Um, But she was like pretty powerful and her husband fought a lot in those wars against the Ottomans. Them Ottomans. Yeah, I didn't realize that was such a thing that called like the Long War or the Great Turkish War or something. They were really about that invasion, I tell you. <laughs> it's like so, the Romans. <laughs> they really were. So a couple of different things I read said that she had these tendencies for like torturing servants and that her husband would kind of like he was off fighting a lot but when he was home he would kind of like indulge her in it um I don't know how accurate that is and that he even like showed her some different like torture methods Hmm. but at the same time he also maybe kind of reined her in a little bit yeah, I feel like unless you put the kibosh on that, just full tilt, it ain't gonna yeah. go anywhere you want it to go. It's not like something you really dabble in, I think. It tends to accelerate. <laughs> yeah, like if you're a sadist, you're you're a sadist. Like oh, she just... was for sure a sadist. It's just going that way. <laughs> so I guess that was something that bonded them together. <laughs> uh, true love, true love. Um, and he died in 1604. They had been married for 29 years. And I guess like when he died, that was when she really like went off the rails. And rumors started spreading about her like kidnapping people and like doing all this weird shit to them. Like she apparently had been taking like poor girls, like age 10 to 14 And no one would really, like, say anything, because I guess that wasn't illegal at the time, which is, like, weird to me. Uh, I mean, I assume Poland was still under, like, some sort of feudal system at the time. So, technically, she probably owned them. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, people knew that she was, like, beating her servants, and she was, you know, like, abducting poor girls but weren't I guess they're like talking amongst themselves but it didn't really um pick up any speed until like girls from slightly more powerful families started going missing Hmm. and then it matters yeah I guess like the girls would go to her castle supposedly to learn courtly etiquette and then they like wouldn't come back Ugh, so so like a lady-in-waiting situation, and then... I think so. So, yeah. All these girls were missing, um, and apparently some of the things that she would do would be, like, severely beating them. She would burn them. She would, like, bite off their flesh, like, from different parts of their bodies. See, this is way more vampire-y than Vlad. I know. Well, the whole vampire thing comes from rumors went around that she would bathe in the blood of virgins in order to stay young yeah that's what i knew about her is the whole blood thing that's what i had always heard but when i was reading about her there's no actual evidence for that like those stories started circulating a hundred years after she died and interesting like from her actual time and like the trial no one ever said anything any of that so that's probably not true I kind of really love that historical gossip is a thing. <laughs> like that it's just made its way this long and just being reinforced this long. Like the whole thing with Marie Antoinette saying, let them eat cake, which she never fucking said. Yeah. I love that. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> There's something about just like a weird story that just endures, you know? Yeah. And that's what we remember. But that's like the one thing that she probably like didn't really do. Oh, Elizabeth. (laughs) So she probably didn't bathe in their blood, but she did like bite pieces of them. 
she Ew. would like cover them in honey and leave them out for like ants. Can I just say that's if I ever see on TV or read something where that's a thing people do, mm. I hate it. Like, can you imagine if someone like smeared you with honey and then left you out for like rats or something? That's got to be one of the worst ways to die. Because you wouldn't die. Yeah. You would it's just... just torture until you just can't take it anymore. <gasps> Ugh. <gasps> so, yeah, she did that. She apparently also would make like a girl. This is getting so graphic, but like it would be winter time and like cover her in like cold water and then stand outside. So she became like a ice sculpture, like a human ice sculpture. Some like Frozen Queen from Narnia stuff. I know. Um, she would also like put needles in their fingers and burn them and starve them. And I guess had an Iron Maiden. Um, what else? Yeah, just basically all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, she wants these like girls of slightly like higher standing started disappearing people were like what the fuck and um they arrested her but they're like oh she's so like noble and has so many connections we can't just execute her of course um, not <laughs> so that we'll would be inappropriate i know like the scandal so we'll put her under house arrest and we'll have a trial <laughs> and I love we'll... that that's the solution <laughs> We'll put her on a house arrest. House arrest. Yeah. They at first were like, oh, we'll just squirrel her away to a nunnery. But then they're like, no, the, the PR is out of control. We can't just like bury it completely. <laughs> so <laughs> they had these trials where they like had hundreds of like witness testimony. But the problem is a lot of it was like hearsay. It was like I heard from this person that she did this. Some like Salem witch trials crap. Exactly. And they um, tortured her servants. So they got, quote, confessions from them. But obviously they're tortured. What if Elizabeth never did anything? That's the thing. Well, okay. So three of her servants were executed for supposedly helping her, but she wasn't. (laughs) Right? Ah, the time period. (laughs) And there's this whole, like, conspiracy that maybe she didn't actually do all this stuff because she was a widow. She had all this land. She had all this power. Um, and basically people wanted her land and money and stuff. And they also didn't want to execute her because I guess if she was convicted, then the crown would seize her land. Whereas if she died like naturally, then her family would inherit it. See, that's shady as ish. Right? So it made me wonder, like, I was wondering exactly, supposedly when they went into her castle and arrested her, they found, like, dead girls and dying girls. But I want to know, like, how many? But I couldn't find that. So I guess you'd have to find the actual records from the time and read them. But again, it's like what's true and what's not. Yeah, that's the thing, too, with history. So much of it was word of mouth and things like that. So things get very skewed very quickly. Yeah. So it seems, um, I mean, who knows? Did she really kill 650 people? Like that number supposedly was written in one of her papers, but the person who saw it didn't actually testify. It was someone else who was like, I heard him say he read this in her papers. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say maybe she did not kill that many people. I mean, especially considering the time period, like there were just less people. And I yeah. imagine she lived in some big house like in the middle of nothingness. So I feel like that many people disappearing would be quite noticeable. Right? That's a lot of fucking people. Well, in her witnesses their numbers varied from 36 to 51 and that was coming from like her tortured servants and stuff so yeah that sounds more accurate as to what like even like a serial killer you don't really have serial killers killing Mm -hmm. 600 people that's a lot right so i don't know it's all kind of like what what do you what can you really believe but i'm 
it seems like she definitely did do like fucked up shit and she definitely did kill people. It's like it's Vlad. Just, Take it with exactly. a grain of salt. Just to what extent? Um, Probably did some stuff, but who knows how much. Uh, so she was, yeah, just basically under house arrest. Some people say that she was just like locked in a room. Other people said she could kind of like wander around her castle, um, but she died. I think she was in there her like 40s. Like she didn't live to be that old. That's also a lot of stuff to do before you even get old. I know. Like that's like a person every day for two years. <laughs> I know that's a lot of people. Um, I find this suspect. Well, she lived in her castle. She died, and I guess there was an uproar about burying her in the cemetery, and probably rightly so. Um, she was buried in her family crypt somewhere, but today no one knows exactly where her grave is. It's like Vlad. It's a mystery. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels. Oh, it's so sad they never met. Yeah, I guess, like, people connect her with vampires because of the whole, like, bloodbath thing. And maybe because she was a woman preying on girls and the whole Bram Stoker possible connection. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because it seems like the modern interpretation of a vampire doesn't come until, you know, after Dracula's published. And that's when yeah. we start to you know, really associated with that. Because prior to that, I think it was more a vampire in folklore was just something that stole your essence, so to speak. Uh-huh. So whether that was, you know, blood or life energy or that's like a succubus is like a vampire. Just, you know, so. Yeah, I was reading a little bit about vampires and how the idea is like universal and ancient, but it changes a lot. It's an archetype. It is. We've discussed. Oh my god, this is really like the archetype podcast. It is. We just really like to talk about archetypes. We do. But yeah, like I guess back before Dracula, vampires were seen as being like bloated and ruddy and like Mm -hmm. not, you know, pale and sexy like we see them today. Yeah. They've they've had quite the turnaround in their PR, yeah, has really been working. But if you want to talk about vampires before the publication of Dracula, we can talk about the New England Vampire Panic. So the New England Vampire Panic. <laughs> so this is not like a long event. I just think it's fun to talk about this stuff in relevance to the United States. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. So this was in like the mid to early 1800s. So Dracula was published in 1897. So this is prior to that. And it happens in New England, obviously. <laughs> um, so, like, Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, Vermont, that area. And then some areas outside of that. But basically what's going on is tuberculosis is sweeping through New England at the time. And this was very much, like, a folk belief. Like, people in other parts of the United States thought these people were crazy. Like, let's preface that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I think I read a quote from, like, Thoreau where he was like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Huh. So not a widespread belief, kind of specific to this area. But basically, obviously, they didn't know what tuberculosis was caused by or whatever. So they had this <laughs> belief because basically tuberculosis is so contagious, right? That, like, if you get it, your family's going to get it. Like, it's mm-hmm. just how it is. So they thought... <laughs> That a dead family member was rising from the grave and basically feeding off the other families. And that's what was giving them tuberculosis symptoms. So we have like a fair amount of archaeological evidence from graves of people being dug up. Because basically what you would do is you would dig them up and then like look at the bodies to figure out if something looked off. So do they look too fresh? For how long they've been dead? Is there like liquid blood left or things like that? Um, so basically what you would do is you dig up the bodies and you'd be like, oh, this one looks suspicious. <laughs> so you could just turn the corpse over. Uh, that would be the very uh, mild reaction. Um, you might 
take out the organs that look too uh, squishy and burn them. Wait, like you turn it over and then you're done? Yeah. Rebury it? That would be like the most mild reaction. The vampire's like, I can't find my way out. (laughs) Literally. Um, You could decapitate the body. So we have a couple where they've clearly taken the head off and then like if you open the grave the head is just like placed on top of the body mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of like a um jolly roger situation what's a jolly oh the flag the pirate flag mm-hmm. okay um and at the most extreme end of this spectrum you would burn the juicy organs uh, and then you would either inhale the smoke off them or you'd like mix it with water and drink it and that was supposed to make you not die I feel like that would make you more of a vampire. Yeah. So I bring you the tale of Mercy Brown. Okay. She's she's the most famous of like the people this happened to. Because whilst this was like, I call it a panic. I don't know how intensely widespread this was, but we do have evidence that it definitely happened. Anyway, poor Mercy. 1892. Her mom gets sick. And so therefore the rest of her family slowly gets sick, right? Mm-hmm. And they all slowly start dying. Okay, so Mercy dies. And the neighbors are like, you got to dig up the bodies and figure out who's killing you all. <laughs> and so her dad's like, whatever. He doesn't really want to, but he's like, okay, we can dig them up. So they dig up Mercy and they're like, ooh, doesn't doesn't look like she's de- like any decomp. There's some fresh blood in this heart. And oh my God, she's turned over in her grave. <laughs> so apparently she turned over must be a vampire so what they did is they burned her heart mixed it with water and gave it to her living brother to drink somehow he still died and so that was like a thing going on in new england in the mid to late 1800s they legit thought vampires were giving people tuberculosis I guess people just, like, they try to explain what they don't know by, like, demons and shit. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know about bacteria, and at the time period, I think the prevailing belief with disease and stuff was, like, vapor, vapor belief. That was a big thing for a long time. Like, bad vapors are going to make you sick. You said she was 1892. 1892. That's not that long ago. I, I was also <laughs> struck by how not long ago this was. Like, my yeah. God. Because I was reading, so I got some of this information from Smithsonian Magazine and some of it's from Wikipedia. And Smithsonian Magazine was talking about how there was like a big instance of this in Jewett City, Connecticut in 1854 of where What's, they like wrote newspaper articles about it what do you think is the deal with new england and like vampires and witches and shit <laughs> i think there were a lot so i think people in new england were more religious in general uh-huh. than people further south i mean i know that for a fact they were um and more of their culture was surrounding religion than necessarily other parts of the united states so i think that just drove it and it also just might be the background of the people who immigrated there might have influenced that as well. Because, you know, you tend to get pockets from different places. Well, and tuberculosis is like you're coughing up blood and stuff, right? Yep. Consumption, as they would have called it. I was looking up, or I was reading about, like, the European vampire panic, which was, like, in the 18th century and trying to like figure out what started it but it didn't seem like there was a clear answer like people just yeah. take something and run with it yeah it said that uh, there was a similar belief in europe that tuberculosis and like vampirism were connected mm-hmm. and i was reading how when you dig up a body a lot of times with like decomposition your body tends to bloat and like your blood Mm -hmm. is pooling under your skin so that can account for vampires they thought they were like bloated and like ruddy gross like a tick is you know and it gets all engorged that's what i was thinking of ew i hate that this is a gross episode (laughs) have you ever seen we talked about dune i think a little bit last week but there's a character in dune who is like really 
big and like gluttonous and that's just what it makes me think of <laughs> oh nasty but yeah, yeah that's the new england vampire panic i had um one short person to talk about i didn't do a ton hit, of research hit me with it have you heard about richard chase the vampire of sacramento is this like a serial killer yeah, this has nothing to do with, like, historical vampires. But when you say vampire, it's, like, who I think of. All right, hit me with it. Okay. So he was this dude in the 70s who was paranoid schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. And he went to um, a psych ward because his, like, mental illness was so out of control And he thought that, like, his heart was shrinking and, like, he needed blood to, like, make it strong. And he thought that the bones in his brain were moving or in his skull. So he would, like, shave his head to, like, watch them. Um, Ew. I know. Schizophrenia is so mean. (laughs) It's It's such a mean disease. Oh, my God. I heard one time that there was um, someone who developed like a virtual reality simulation of what it's like to have schizophrenia and it was so fucking scary. I Like I imagine it would be. I used to be really afraid of developing schizophrenia. Like I had this yeah. rational fear that it was going to happen to me. Because it doesn't yeah. happen so, until you're like in your 20s. Well, it doesn't really mm-hmm. kick into gear. But okay. So he was like in this psych ward and he while he was there he caught a couple birds like through the window and like broke their necks and like drank their blood no i okay and here's like the really sad part is they figured out his illness they got him medicated and he stabilized and he was like you know deemed not a danger to society and they like let him go and he i guess some for some reason, like his mother decided that he shouldn't be on these drugs anymore, and they're bad no, for him. No, meds are important, y'all. They're important. Yeah. So Especially she stabilizers. So she really fucked him over. So he went off all his drugs, and he went off the deep end again, and he lived with some friends, and the friends just got really freaked out by him. Like he was always on drugs like he took lsd and stuff which as you can imagine is not good (laughs) oh my god paranoid schizophrenia with lsd so yeah he was just like really erratic and he would like walk around their apartment naked like with company over and they're like dude you got to move out and he's like i don't want to so they moved out and left him there and he just went on like a one-month killing spree where he just like went off the deep end and he thought he needed blood to like I guess make his heart stronger or that like I don't even know what I mean how do you even explain it but like I'm one thing I remember from his from his story is like he would just walk around like neighborhoods and like test the front doors and if it was locked he was like okay (gasps) I'm not welcome here yes I yo right So where did I hear them talk about this? Probably my favorite murder. Yeah. And that part of it stuck with me so hard that I'm Same. so fucking paranoid about locking my door. Same. Because if it was locked, he would just move on and he'd be like, that's a sign that I'm not welcome there. And he thought he was like killing people like based on, I don't even know, like the will of something else. So it was a sign. Ugh, lock your door, guys. Lock it. Well, and that's the thing about vampires, too, right? Is some people say you have to welcome them in. Mm-hmm. That is typically how it's re- represented. So, yeah, he would, like, walk around, and if a door was unlocked, he would, like, go into the house and just, like, do weird shit. And if people were in there, he'd, like, kill them, and he did all the weird shit, like, you know, with the necrophilia and the cannibalism and all that. Man. <laughs> so... He basically, he was caught. He, I think I read he killed six people in one month. And when the cops like went to his apartment, there's just blood everywhere. Just coating everything. He had blenders. Like he would blend organs with like Coca-Cola and like drink it. (laughs) Gross. Gross. This episode's definitely explicit. (laughs) God. Like, 
But yeah, they obviously arrested him um, and they convicted him of first degree murder. Like they didn't find him not guilty by reason of insanity, even though I think he clearly was. Yeah, I don't know like what the line is there or at what point you just don't forgive something, even if somebody was crazy. But yeah, apparently like he went to jail and he like freaked out the other inmates so much like no one wanted to be around him and they would like goad him into like trying to get him to kill himself because he just scared everyone so much. And he eventually did. He died in 1980. He was young. He was 30 years old. Wow. He did all that before he was 30. Okay. (laughs) I know. Right. But he OD'd. And that's the vampire of Sacramento, fucking California in the 70s, man, is the worst place to be, serial killer wise. Yeah, it seems that way. (laughs) Seems Mm -hmm. like a lot going on. Man, that guy should be more known for being a vampire than Vlad the Impaler. When I read, or no, I heard, I can't remember where I heard this. It may have been on My Favorite Murder. may have been a hometown someone wrote in, but there's this woman who was like, I was in a store and I used to know him when he was younger. And when I was in the store, he came up to me and was like, oh, hey, remember me? Like, I'm Richard Chase or whatever. And the vibes she got off of him were so bad. He was like, can I have a ride? And she didn't even like, from what I remember from the story, make excuses, didn't acknowledge him, just got in her car, locked the door and drove away because he was so scary. That's the way to do it, ladies. Never feel like you have to be polite. Someone's creeping yeah. you out. Just just leave. Yeah. That's what to do. Man. All right. Well, I guess my only question is, what is your favorite iteration of a vampire in popular culture? I was thinking about this and realizing I haven't really seen a ton of vampire stuff. Like, Really? You, you want me to hit you with my list of... Yeah. Okay, so Twilight, obviously. And then yeah. there's Anne Rice, so like Interview with a Vampire, Queen of the mm-hmm. Damned, all of that. Underworld, it's Kate Beckinsale. Uh, straight up like Dracula movies, so like Nosferatu and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vampire Diaries and the Originals. Buffy. Uh, Van Helsing. Uh, Blade. True Blood. And then I don't know if you ever watched the, it's a British show. I think sci-fi did a version of it too, though. Being Human had hmm. vampires in it. I guess I, when I was little, I was so scared of vampires. But for some reason, like the vampire TV shows, I just don't, I know they were like everywhere and it was like such a fad for a while. I just didn't really yeah. ever get into it. But I do remember the movie Nosferatu. It scared the shit out of me when I was little. It's scary. Oh, my God. It's so fucking scary. For something that has no sound, it's terrifying. Well, there's like a silent movie and then there was like a re... I don't know, like another version of it that came out in the late 70s. And I remember watching that one. Okay, see, I've seen the silent one. You should watch. And I was thinking of watching this tonight. The... One by Werner Herzog in like the late 70s. And I remember I've seen it once when I was little and it freaked me out so much. He's like definitely one of the creepier iterations of a vampire, if you will. Like they're not because like I feel like the modern day vampire is shown as like sexy and, you know, yeah, that's how they get that's how they get you versus just being like a monster. I was reading one time about like why do people find vampires so sexy and it was this whole thing about like you know you're like penetrating them and you're like exchanging Mm -hmm. fluids and it's this like whole Mm -hmm. thing yeah and like biting things like that people like that (laughs) i do remember i read the um, book dracula and i don't remember a lot of it but one part that really scared me (laughs) it's all about this like dude that goes to dracula's like castle and like stays with him but then he eventually realizes he's his prisoner and there's this one part where he's like looking at the castle and he sees dracula like scuttling on the outside like a lizard (laughs) i hate that i know that part that's like the only thing i remember from that book what was it the movie oh my gosh have you ever seen the movie priest with paul bettany 
No. The vampires, so they, I don't even remember if they call them vampires in that movie, honestly. But that's what they are. But that's kind of how the vampires are in that movie. Like very bug, scuttly kind of. Yeah. Well, in, in the book too, like he's not, he can be in the sunlight. It's not like he turns to dust mm-hmm. or anything. That's like, um, no, I'm like Twilight, I guess is really the only one where mm. they can be in the sun. Everything else is. Blade can be in the sun, but he's half vampire. <laughs> the Twilight movies, I know everyone like shits on them, but I and like really like shits on Kristen Stewart for like her portrayal of that character. But literally, if you read those books, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Like, yeah, that's what it was. Oh I don't God. know. Um, yeah, you like laugh at the acting, but I think a lot of it's the directing and the writing. I mean, that's how the books were. Like, her character is pretty. It's pretty flat. <laughs> okay, I just watched the movie. Have you seen The Lighthouse? I have not. Robert Pattinson is in that, and he can act. Like, oh, if yeah. anyone was doubting, like, oh my God. What is he? He's going to be in something coming up that I was excited Batman. about. Yes, where I was uh-huh. like, interesting choice, but the trailer, man. It looks good. Oh, I haven't it seen the trailer good. yet. I'll have to look it you up. You haven't watched the... You should no. watch it. I got to the end of the trailer and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I don't particularly like Batman as a superhero. So. Mm. All right. So if I had to pick my favorite iteration of a vampire, I like all of them. Like I like vampires. Uh, I love Underworld. And Underworld is like vampires and werewolves together. Uh-huh. Um, I loved Buffy. I loved Buffy so much. I loved how kitschy it was. And I think, like, (laughs) I like that Buffy typically showed vampires as kind of, like, the same vein as, like, where-do-well teens. Like, just doing bad things like partying and things like that. It was always grouped together like that. Um, True Blood was great. I really liked how they showed vampires in True Blood. Like, just completely brutal. For some reason, vampires are very... Like, teens are kind of, I don't know, drawn to them. It's, like, a very mm-hmm. angsty, kind of dark, edgy teenage yeah. thing. And then I like Blade a lot more from a action movie point of view than anything else. I think it has a lot of, like, sword fighting in it, which I like. Um, and then if I had to choose between The Vampire Diaries and The Originals, I think The Originals was way better than The Vampire really? Diaries. Oh, yeah, hmm. by far. So I've heard, like, The Vampire Diaries is pretty good. It went on for too long. Like, I had to stop watching it. Um, and I think all of the strong characters from the Vampire Diaries just ended up in the originals. <laughs> so the originals was just better. Is the originals like a spinoff of it? Uh-huh. So uh, in the Vampire okay. Diaries, the original vampires show up. And then they spin off and have their own show. Interesting. I think the originals, was that filmed in New Orleans? Like, I think my boss mm-hmm. would talk about that show a lot. I don't know that you would hate it if you watch. Like, the first season's pretty good. Uh-huh. Like, the main character is super unlikable, which makes me like it. I guess my thing about, like, vampire stuff is I like my TV to be either, like, lighthearted trash or, like, really, really dark. And it's hard for me to get, like, in the mm. in-between. See, I like my TV to be right in the middle of just <laughs> maybe, like, teen trash. Love that shit. Uh-huh. But, Yeah. I like Underworld a lot. I was really into the Underworld movies for a while. Yeah, I don't think I've seen those either. I did watch um, Queen of the Damned, but it wasn't as good as I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah, it was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. I didn't like Interview with a Vampire very much. I didn't either. I thought, all I remember is it being really, really long and like kind of boring. I think I fell asleep. Yeah, I think it was more accurate, though, to if you lived that long, I think you would be that boring. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I read a lot of Twilight fan fiction over the years. I like a good Twilight Harry Potter crossover. It's a good time. (laughs) What's the crossover? Like Edward and Harry, like doing I was... I was really into uh, Jasper Harry crossovers, which there aren't a lot of. So, uh huh. 
I liked Jasper the best in Twilight. Who's Jasper? Is he one of the Collins? Uh huh. He was like a Civil War vet. Hmm. So yeah, but vampires, everyone. That was our vampire episode. We hope you all enjoyed it and how well organized it was. That was fun. I liked reading about it and I liked hearing you tell me about Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, he's one of those characters that everybody knows who they are, but doesn't really know who they are. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. There's a movie called Dracula Untold that has horrible reviews that's about him that I'm going to watch. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So, yeah, follow us on all the things, the Instagram and the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do we want to talk about next week? What's another suitable spooky topic? Um, we have Transylvania in general, Salem Witch Trials, Frankenstein slash Mary Shelley. We could do like a monsters episode maybe. Ooh, I would enjoy that. Yeah. Spooky monsters. Should we do that? Maybe. Like classic monsters? Yeah. We'll workshop right. that. That's an idea though. Okay. Anything else? That's it. All right. So we'll we'll throw around the idea of monsters, guys, and we'll, you'll see what comes out of that. <laughs> but thanks for joining us, and we'll see you some point next week. Yeah. Do all the things. All the things. Bye, Bye. y'all. Bye.